Hi, and welcome to Embark, where we often talk about change through a creative lens. I'm Liz Solar, and in the past two weeks, I've been kept up at night by a little game called Insomnia Jeopardy. It's a pursuit that usually involves a mental catalog of personal failings and regrets that may start with something as benign as walking out of a ladies room with toilet paper stuck to my shoe and then mushrooms into I'll take failed relationships for 300 or I'll take poor decisions for 500. Lately, the game feels more global, like mental health for 400 or unsafe schools for 600. On the other hand, my current sleepless status may be because last weekend we brought home a rambunctious puppy who rebels against the crate in an all-night serenade of yelps, cries, and yips. Let's get back to change. I'm going to clarify that I'm one of those skeptical optimists who think change is possible. After all, I grew up in Boston at a time before the Red Sox ever won a World Series. Well, they did in 1918, but I don't remember that making any wins a celebration. As much as I like to believe in magic, I've been accused of sugarcoating a thing or two, happy thoughts alone do not create change. The writer George Bernard Shaw said, progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Maybe that change starts with a conversation. The thing is, can we talk to each other about anything anymore? Yesterday, a House Divided approved a wide-ranging package of gun control legislation. It was mostly a party-line vote, and the measures will likely stall out in the Senate. Still, a little progress is better than no progress. In our national stalemate, can we find a way to engage in person-to-person conversation? Can we listen to each other? Our two preferred modes of public discourse seems to be attack and ignore, and they've prevented us from understanding or even getting to know each other. A lack of discourse has its own way of killing us, or at least killing civil society. Our elected leaders would-be policymakers deflect, back off, or avoid taking a stand against the senseless violence we inflict upon each other and ourselves. A few leaders plead for common-sense laws around guns. Some others perpetuate misinformation that contain little regard for data or the will of our citizens. Earlier this week, the actor Matthew McConaughey delivered a heartfelt plea for responsible gun laws. His nervousness, grief, and genuine caring was palpable as he shuffled through a folder of papers to hold up the photo of a beaming young face whose life was cut short. He showed artwork from a child who will never grow up to realize her promise. He spoke as a gun owner, parent, concerned citizen, and activist. Moreover, he spoke as a former son of Uvalde. Earlier the day of the Uvalde shooting, 10-year-old Lexi Rubio had won awards for academic excellence and good citizenship. Before they left the school, her parents promised ice cream that evening as a reward. Yesterday, in a video testimony, her mother, Kimberly Rubio, said, We told her we loved her and we would pick her up after school. I can still see her walking with us toward the exit. I left my daughter at that school and that decision will haunt me for the rest of my life. Those are words no parent should have to say about a school. How is it that only our opinion counts? We hold in contempt people who disagree with us. And then we double down into our affinity groups, where we often 
claim the high road, shame people, hold others in contempt, and claim moral superiority. Our language toward each other, our callousness, our refusal to engage cannot be sustained in a civil society. What's needed is a willingness to engage, even when we don't always agree, an attempt to understand, to empathize, and search for common ground. This issue of gun control, it's not political. It's a human one. Schools, movie theaters, nightclubs, supermarkets. Some of them should be sanctuaries, a place to get away from it all, to learn and socialize, not a war zone. Listen, I get it. No one's trying to dismantle the Second Amendment. At least, most people aren't. However, does anyone really think an AK-47 or AR-15 weapons of war are an appropriate purchase for any civilian, regardless of age? Have we become so desensitized to someone else's humanity that we put our own pursuit of cash and power and standing before the very real threat to, well, all of us. To anyone who would reject common-sense changes like background checks and red flags, well, you can't say that doing those things won't save everyone. Of course you're right. As long as there are human beings, there will be violence. But we can start small. We can save one person at a time. A child, an elderly person in a wheelchair, a moviegoer or a nightclub patron a potential shooter. And that's a win for all of us. George Bernard Shaw also said, you see things and say why, but I dream things that never were and say, why not? Can we just talk to each other? Conversation is often difficult, but it's within our reach. It may not seem like much, but it's a start. Don't we owe that much to each other? We're back with our interview format next week on Embark. Please join us then. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and be well.